yesterday we talked about that we are to be like a tree planted by the waters and we went over and looked at Psalm 92 where the Bible says we're to be like a palm tree and we talked about the uniqueness and special qualities that were true of those palm trees that sunk their roots deep into the ground to finally find the water that kept them going in the midst even of the desert. And now we want to pick back up with Psalm 1 and continue what we were talking about there. And uh, he also goes on to say that there are certain things that we that, that make us in contrast with and unlike the other people around us. He said it's not he said the the person who's like the tree has fruit, he doesn't wither, he he's, he prospers, but not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Maybe you don't know what chaff is. But back then, when they would when they would go out and and take the wheat out of the fields, they would cut it down with uh, large curved things that uh, were very sharp, and they would cut it. They would bring it in, and they would they would they would have uh, an animal or a person stomp stomp around on it for quite a while, and try to get the the, the meat out of it, the heart out of it, the seed out of it, and then they would throw it up in the air. On a windy day, and the and the wind would blow away just the husk and the chaff and the the little pieces that were of no value. That's the chaff, the useless part. And he said, "That's what the wicked are. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the of the righteous." The contrast here is that the man who puts his faith, the woman who puts her faith in God, and walks with Him and lives for him and trusts him and depends on him, that person's like a tree. They've got permanence. They've got strength. They've got all kinds of things. And the, the other people in the world, the people without Christ, are not like that. They're, they're, they get blown away by everything, and they won't stand in the judgment, but they will be cast into outer darkness. And he closes up the psalm by saying, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That really sums it all up. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. If we're trusting him, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place and that the eyes of the Lord are on his children, that he is watching us, that he is caring about us, that he knows our ways, that he watches over us and cares for us. There is a psalm that talks about the fact that even when we're sleeping, he's watching over us. And I thought about that when someone is put to sleep in the hospital to have surgery and they don't know anything while they're out, maybe an hour-long surgery. God does. He's watching over them, watching over us even then. And he watches over us because he cares for us and he's working constantly on our behalf to make life worth living for us and to enable us to be all that he wants us to be. Now I want us to move on to a psalm that you probably never really thought much about or even looked at hardly, and that's Psalm 2. Let me begin reading some of the, well, I'll read a good bit of it. Why do the nations conspire and the, and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs and scoffs, and the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, 
saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. We'll stop right there. Now, this is, uh, <clears throat> this, this is one of the hard questions of life. Why is there constant war, confusion, battles, nations can't get along, people can't get along, threats from one nation to another, one nation invading another nation, one nation trying to take over more territory. Why is that going on? Why do the nations conspire? That's what he says. Why do, why do these people plot all the time in vain? In empty, it's emptiness. They're, they're plotting in vain. It's futility. Why are they doing this? And we see that all around us. There's the threat of North Korea. There's the threat of Iran. There's the threat of Russia. There's the threat of China everywhere. These nations are conspiring. These nations are working to, to capture more territory, to become world powers, and on and on and on we could go. Well, why do they do this? Because they depend upon themselves and not upon God. And even as America, we have done that a lot, but not like the other nations. We, we've done much better than those. We haven't really gone out to just take countries for our own good. It's always usually been because there was some reason for doing it. But I think it's important to realize that, that the leaders, he says the kings of the earth, uh, band together against the Lord, against the things that God wants. That's the reason why all this happens. That's why this takes place, because they're against God. They're against the power of God, and they have no purpose. And God's answer is that he looks at them and laughs. You think they think they're so powerful. They think that they can conquer the world. They think that nothing can stop them. But it's really humorous, the Bible says. God laughs. It's, it's a laugh of derision that says, you puny human beings, do you think that you can overcome God? Do you think that you can do beyond what God allows you to do? Do you think you have all power? You are totally mistaken. You are foolish. It's not going to happen. And so that really points out to us that even though there are threats to the right and threats to the left and threats from all around us, even today, we can live in fear or we can trust the God who is ultimately in control. He said, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Jesus is God's king that he's installed, and we can put our trust and our faith in him. He goes on to say, therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. What's important is for us to realize that he is king and that we can put our trust in him. And he's warning the, the leaders, you better be careful. You better think clearly. You better serve the Lord with fear. You better put your trust in him. You see, in every great civilization that forgets God, there are the seeds of its own destruction. We've seen that over the years. Arnold Toynbee wrote a book about that. 
and about he went through the great civilizations of history and how every one of them was destroyed from the inside out. They weren't destroyed. Every great conquering nation, everyone that ruled the world was not conquered by others from the outside. It first crumbled within morally, spiritually, and then and then it was taken over by somebody from the outside because it was weak and powerless. And as Americans, let's put our trust in God. Let's call our nation back to God. Let's, let's pray for our president. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray that God will take control of our country once again and we'll have his strength and his power and not the wisdom of men. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. Depend on the Lord 